Welcome, friends, to The Unschool Files, a podcast featuring the varying lives of unschoolers. You are listening to episode three. In this episode, I have a conversation with the very first unschooler that I ever met. It was almost two decades ago, and neither of us knew what unschooling was. He just knew that at the time, he'd learned everything he could have possibly have learned inside the prescribed mainstream schooling and he was ready to move on. So we talk a little bit about what that looked like for him, what it felt like at the time, how he moved on, some ups and downs, and he even gives some tips and relatable experiences. And you just get to know a little bit more about how unschooling can unfold, even without all the language and labels. My first guest on the podcast is my partner, my husband, my best friend, the person that I'm raising unschoolers with, and the very first unschooler that I ever met. Welcome to the podcast, Jason. Thank you for having me. I am so, so grateful that you're willing to do this. I know you're not the biggest talker, but you've sort of had this really cool unschooling experience that has been awesome to watch unfold. And I'm just glad that you're willing to talk about it a little bit. Okay, so I know we haven't really talked about um, unschooling in this way, and we have a lot more language around like what what it means to learn without school or live without school. <clears throat> but I wanna talk about your particular experience in school and what led you to, to being unschooled. I had a typical public education up until mid-high school, roughly. Okay. So, what was that experience like for you in school? Like, what was your... Did it feel normal growing up? Felt just kind of part of... Early on, schooling was interesting. I can remember that but then it became very repetitive and controlling. Mm. You could only do what they wanted you to do or learn something the way they wanted you to learn it or understand it. And I wasn't interested in that. It sounds like you felt like the learning was really confined. Very much so. Yeah. Is there anything particular about your schooling experience up until that point in mid high or middle school? Is that what you said, middle school? When I made the decision that I was no, that you kind of transitioned to like this more unschooly mindset. Probably about middle school. Okay, so up until that point, is there anything about school that really stands out to you now? You know, like in hindsight. Or even that that you were aware of then as a kid. Like anything that stands out about that experience and what is required of you other than what we've already talked about. It doesn't let children explore and experience different things or learn things that they want to that they could possibly take a real interest in. I think a lot of people leaving high school and whether they're going off to college or a job or whatever it is that they want to be doing 
they still have I, no idea what those wants or desires or things that they want to do. They they have no right. idea. <clears throat> it's so true. I know I, when I was leaving high school, I don't think I had any idea what what I wanted to do. I can tell you that I <laughs> didn't have it either. I just knew that I wanted to get away from what I was currently in. The repetitive, the repetitive schooling. Okay, so you were not really um, satisfied with the manufactured setting and, and whatnot. Were you a good student or were you a problem student with because of boredom? I was an all A and B student. It again the things were quite repetitive, so yeah. it's not like extremely difficult. Right. It wasn't in my mind for that. Um I wasn't I didn't have any disciplinary issues until later in schooling when I was making the decision to leave. Was just stop but attending. before that, I was, I guess you could say, an ideal student right. in an administrator's eyes. Right. So, okay, when you started stopping, st- stopping attending school, what were you, like, 14, 15? Mm, maybe 16. Okay. All right. So that was around the time that you just were like, I'm just not going to go anymore. That's correct. Okay, so... Walk us through that. How did you just stop going to school? Who was part of that process? Well, <clears throat> and how did it go? It it was over a, a period of time. I wasn't going to, to classes, so I was starting to get in, you know, notices that I was truant or tardy or whatever that right. whatever else, you know, they try to, to put on you for not going to school. Right. And that turned into a a big argument with my parents. And that's where it came out that I didn't want to go to school anymore. I had no desire to be there. I understood what I needed to understand. I gained what I was going to allow them to teach me. And I was ready to be done. Okay. So... Eventually, your parents were on board with just doing what they had to do to let you move on. They they did. They withdrew me, so there would be no legal issues there. How did and you make your case to them that you were so sure? Well, I mean, I <clears throat> honestly, I, I just told them I'm just going to continue doing what I'm doing, yeah. whether you withdraw me or not. Obviously... It, they didn't want to have to deal with that and they realized I was serious and you know I'm sure that was tough for them were there any like at that point in time any um, societal pressures or um, anything that were sort of looming over you making a choice to be like quote unquote dropout because that was the language we knew at that time well it it was the language we, we knew and it for my parents it was difficult because they were 
of the upbringing that you finish high school, you go to college, and after you went to college, you are basically guaranteed to be successful. Right. And it, it you know, that quite, that could have quite, a, that could have been the, the case then, but it's definitely not now. Right. That particular path is not necessarily um, working out so well. No, not at all. Um, so you were not really concerned with future college um, plans or future employment. You, f- you felt pretty sure that you could show off some skills in order to get yourself your first job? I did think that. And you did. You did and get Dan landed some jobs. What did that look like as a young? It was mostly manual labor. Yeah. It, difficult work. It was also interesting, though, because you had a lot of, you know, you made your schedule. You could do what you could do in one day, and that's what you got paid for. And it, it was totally different than being in a forced classroom setting right so it, it it was great on one side but on the other when you don't have enough money or you're not making enough money you quickly realize how things are in reality your cost right. of rent or your food or your insurance whatever it might be it all adds up and right. when you're doing work like that it's not the highest paying out there right and you, you know, for a while, you were living with your parents and had that ability. But I'm sure you guys had an agreement that was like, you're going to work and... Yes. <laughs> I definitely had that gotta... pri- I definitely had that privilege. I was able to stay at their home. Yeah. And it, it wasn't... But that didn't last too, <laughs> too no, terribly and long it, either. And it wasn't like I was truly on my own, but I was getting there. Right, but you were having to work full-time. I mean, you were working full-time. Yes. Full-time manual labor and not very high wages at the time, but you were a young teenager. And what could you, like, what kind of skills would you say were really, really um, important during that time frame that you acquired as a young man instead of being in the classroom? Well, there's a lot. There's, in manual labor, depending on what you're doing, you're learning angles you're learning you know how how much certain things can support and weight you're you're learning how to use tools how to make things how to build things you're you're gaining practical knowledge that you can be utilizing in other ways versus forced something that at the end of the day when you're an adult probably doesn't matter right and not everybody would be as a teenager, cut out for for this path, right? For this manual labor path. No, and and this 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 was just your particular was, path. was my path. There's right. numerous other paths that right. could be taken, and you know, back then, again, you've mentioned this. It's not unschooling wasn't wasn't a term, or it wasn't a term that I knew. Right. And what or what I was known as was just a dropout. Right. And but that you did eventually that. get your get your high school diploma. Yeah, I You had an equivalency to test out of school and then you got your diploma to do the schooly thing to meet yeah. the requirements. Yeah, so it, right after I was I withdrew, I took the the like the exit exam or whatever. The GED. 
and I went in, tested, passed it first time, and that was that. And I was content with that. Right. And a little later down the road, I decided to join the military. And one thing that I had to do was get my high school diploma. So I went back and completed that and then joined the military for a number of years. Yeah. And kind of went from there. Yeah. So after your military time frame, um, you were still pretty young, Mm -hmm. right? Um, We were already starting our life together you landed yourself in the workforce but you were not necessarily in high paying jobs then either right I mean we were still still working towards things but acquiring more skills you'd acquired a whole lot of life experience in that time um well the after getting out I got on with an organization and it there was one individual that I had come across and we talked about a lot of things. We talked about, uh, you know, stuff we had been through Mm. and, you know, how he started his career and he kind of, he took a chance on me after all of this and brought me into the organization. It was a a fairly low level position, but it got me in the door to kind of showcase what I could bring there and just learn as much as I could while I'm in that position. So while you were in this position, what was, what was like really the, um, what was the driving force from getting to that low, lower paying position to moving your way up within that organization? Because you're now what people would call like, you know, quotey successful, mm-hmm. you know, steady work, got health insurance, you've got, you know, got the boxes checked. So I would say I mean, there's, what did you do to get there? There's quite a few things. You know, you have to be willing to learn new things, be open to it, try mm-hmm. new things. Um, I was lucky because I had a few mentors along the way that taught me or showed me things that I had never come across before or yeah, uh, I found interesting. Even if it was something that related to my job, yeah, if they talk to me about it and I took an interest to it I would spend time looking into it and learning something um, that was interesting so do you feel like that's kind of what motivates you to do that do more than is required of you because you're just interested in these different things especially if you're working in a job it's like you're spending all this time in this job so you take an interest in the different aspects of the job that aren't necessarily within your role and so you're learning about those things would you say that that, that's maybe your your driving force there and kind of adding to your tool belt and yeah I I I think that's a a very good way to describe it yeah I'm also the type of person that if I'm gonna start something I have to finish it or I have to get to that point right so you're very self-motivated self-directed learner (laughs) yes 
very, very much so self-directed. Yeah. So you've done now what we're calling unschooling, right? But okay. you've done that since, since high school. And I've been able to be front row with Popcorn and Junior Mints watching the whole thing. And it's been really incredible to kind of watch it unfold and watch you just have such a passion for figuring things out from taking things apart that we have that are broken. Um, Maybe partially because we couldn't afford to get it fixed or whatever, but partially because I know that there's that mechanical thing inside of you that drives you to take things apart and figure it out and put it back together and try just try to make it work. It's just, it's just been so incredible to watch. And it's really, I don't know that a lot of people know this, but it's really kind of why we're unschooling our children now, because I've been able to see how, how it unfolds. How do you feel about that? How do you feel about sort of up taking the same application that you used yourself and us providing that to our kids. In all honesty, I want to say initially I was somewhat concerned because I allowed myself to kind of get conditioned back to that old mindset because it's not me now that's going to public school, it's it's my children. Mm. And if you get that conditioning that if they don't go there, they're not going to get what's necessary, even though I want to know part of it, mm. you still kind of get that almost that fear. Like a fear. That you, they're not going to be what they need to be when they right. enter the world as an adult. Yeah. So even somebody who is a self-directed learner themselves can still... Be you can easily be caught up caught up in, in that old programming in that, in that old thought process absolutely it's difficult to trust I think in the process but I I really feel like watching you has allowed me to lean into that and trust more because it really is just it's been so progressive everything has just been so progressive and and there have been times where we've stepped backwards You've stepped backwards as an individual. You've stepped backwards as a family. And I'm sure there will be things that our kids progress in and step backwards in. But that's life. I mean, we kind of all do that. Yeah. And and I would say I I do think it's great that they they have this opportunity to be able to do it this way. I think we're all lucky that that we have this chance to do this and yeah show them that there is a different way and that there are alternatives there are mm-hmm. alternative paths to you know maxing out in academia and s- some kids want to max out in academia there are you know self-starting kids who um enjoy higher academics but there are also there's a lot of value in doing a lot of other things, creating and inventing and doing regular jobs too, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of value in that. So, um, I have one other question. What advice do you think you could give to any parents of some teens out there who might 
either be feeling really frustrated and fed up with school like you were, um, or maybe they're homeschooled and they're just kind of over the, the box curriculum and the repetitive cycles of the modern school curriculum. Well, first of all, I would hope that your kids would come to you and and be upfront with you on that kind of thought process they have. But I think that you as the parent need to hear them out and really hear them out, listen to them. Don't half listen and then tell them what they need to do. Hear what they have to say and if if they have something there, you should go with it. Support them research it yourself and don't make a decision based off of something such as fear don't automatically say no yeah because you're conditioned to believe that it has to be public school yeah talk about it with them right like we should come up with some kind of a (laughs) how to interview your teen uh worksheet maybe there'll be one to come for the unschool files because we should talk to our teens, right, and ask them what's going on in their mind. What are the things that they want to do? Because we as adults can facilitate a lot more. We can add more accessibility, give them more tools, find mentors. Same kind of experience you had that you had to work a lot of manual labor and do a bunch of hard stuff to get to. Unschooled teens have the opportunity to do that a lot earlier because we can help them, right, network and mm-hmm find people for mentorships and apprenticeships and just shadowing them, volunteering. So many opportunities, right? I think, again, the biggest key, I know for myself, but I think it it is also for a lot of kids that don't want to be in in public school is that they don't want to be told what to do all the time. So if you are kind of too hovering and constantly trying to you should do this 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 try this try this Mm -hmm. try that it can kind of backfire on you so really listen to what they're saying that they're interested in no matter how trivial or uninteresting it might sound to Mm -hmm. you at that point in time it is to them yeah we let them take the lead we should debunk what does what does uh what is kids taking the lead mean are we just like kids bossing us around (laughs) no no what does that mean when we let when we let kids lead and kids choose well i mean you get for anybody that's new to this practice well you're encouraging them to to show themselves and others that they're capable of doing what they need to do without Adults having to show the the correct way or the right way to do something when right. there are hundreds of ways to do something. Right. We keep them safe, give them safe boundaries to work with inside. And as far as like their interests in subject matter, it's a lot of exposure. Wouldn't you say exposing them to a lot of a lot of different things until they find things that they like. I mean, I can tell you from the way they're being brought up, you know, they're exposed to a lot 
more things than I might have been. And not because, say, my parents didn't care or anything like that, but the times have changed. I mean, we have yeah. the internet and you can go on vacations and cruises and just all sorts of different well, things. Well, some people can. <laughs> some some we can. can't. <laughs> some can, right? But But you have more you have more um flexibility and the ability to kind of do more within within your time with them. Yes. So you can expose them to more even if your accessibility is is still pretty low like having to do free things or going to the library um you know, doing things within the community that are offered through your Parks and Rec or whatever, those kinds of things for people who have higher accessibility, yeah, they can take vacations with their kids to places that their kids want to see or want to immerse in. So it really can be um, useful in a lot of different scenarios, different people if they can if they can access the time to be able to spend with their children like this. Well, you also get to spend more time with your, your kids. It's true. And I think the relationship you would have with your, your kids, if they were in this, the, the same environment we are versus say someone that's in a public school, they're gone most of the day. Yeah. You're gone most of the day. And you have this short window from when they get home from school until, say, it's bedtime. But what if they want to be outside with their friends? It does they, just limit everyone's choices. It, it, it totally limits that amount of time yeah. and exposure they get with you and you get with them. And, yeah. you know, the conversations aren't as deep or meaningful or as much because they've also got so much other stuff going on that yeah. there isn't as much time for it. And for folks who I think, you know, can't do this, I think there are growing um, ways that you can try to access some kind of ability for self-directed learning. Um, I don't know how much you've looked into it, but there are these like alternative learning um, centers for self-directed learners um, and while they can be very pricey they do have those income-based scholarships that they can offer and there are some schools that I've looked into um, I think there's one in North Carolina that has never turned away a student based on their inability to pay and so um, there are just rising numbers of, of places that we can try to access more alternative ways of learning and Maybe maybe even naturally the market will offer more opportunities and that look different than this particular one, but is all still alternative to the fluorescent lit well, I box. Think, <laughs> I think at this point things are I'm not gonna say unschooling is mainstream, but No, but I think it is becoming I, a little more acceptable. Yeah. I mean I homeschooling is for sure. I think just altogether schooling as a whole is being questioned is being questioned yeah. or different things are starting to come up yeah uh, that weren't as widely known in the right. past right 
<clears throat> it's not making sense to everyone, everything that's being taught or not taught in a lot of cases. So it's not giving every person a full scope of all the information they need when you don't tell um, the entire story. Or you change mathematics to be something entirely different for no reason at all. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I really don't understand that either. It's, to me, it sounds like there was a lot of wasted time on people's hands. But <laughs> Well, this has been really great to talk to you about this, and I'm just so glad that, um, that you could do this with me. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, I love you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. I am so glad that you're here. And thanks to Jason for taking the time to do this with me and letting me test drive my podcasting wheels. Such a supportive partner. He has just been an amazing example of unschooling to watch. And it has just given me so much trust in the process. So I hope that you um, connected with his experience in some way or maybe someone you know might connect with his experience um i would love it if you would rate the podcast review it and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on when you rate and review it it does help um, other unschoolers find me if you have any comments or questions for Jason, I would love it if you would head over to our Instagram at The Unschool Files and find the little square for this particular episode. And you can drop any comments or questions there or any experiences that you'd like to add. And that's a place where we can connect as a bigger community. If you'd like to be featured on the podcast to talk about how you live life without school, don't hesitate to send me a direct message. Um, and I would love to find some time to connect with you and talk about it and get you on the podcast. You can also email me now at theunschoolfiles at gmail.com. Thank you again so much for listening to the entire episode. I know this one was a little long, but uh, until next time, stay kind to each other.